don't know how to speak Korean, but it was another language where I noticed there were Oz at the end and I was trying to understand why. Oh, super interesting. So tell yeah. me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no, I was going to ask you first, where's your last name coming? Is it, I, I don't want to mispronounce it. So what is it here? Yeah, it's Coriel. And Cor it's, okay, I would have got all that wrong. Uh, Donna yeah. Coriel. No, it's okay. fine. It's my, it's actually my married name, Coriel. Oh, one second. Speaking of, my in-laws are here. Can you hold on just one second? Let me just. You're going to ask them? <laughs> yeah, I ask them. And yeah. we host them every Tuesday. Hold on. <laughs> Dr. Galur now waits patiently as I open the door and tend to my in-laws. Um, so, oh, so the quarry, so they're here. So funny that they're here, but, and you asked me about them right as they stepped in. But bottom line is they think that they go back to Spain in origin. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. last name. Yeah, no, Spanish. Yeah, so that's a uh, Coriel. Um, they're very similar. I was just in Brazil. Uh, just in Brazil, maybe five months ago. But okay. yeah, you know, yeah. And they're the Portuguese names and they look very similar, like the Portuguese and, and Spaniards. Yeah. You have a lot of them that are still there that are, that are settled, like in Portugal. Obviously, the language is Portuguese. So I don't know if you've ever been there or had a chance to go to Argentina. To I Argentina, saw... no, but to Portugal, yes. And to Spain. Oh, yeah, you've been there. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, it's interesting, Adana, that when I was in, and I know we're tracking off the conversation here. We do wander a bit off track here. The great part about today is that you can connect with Dr. Galore online and find out the specifics of what you missed. Well, how are you traveling to Brazil and New Zealand and Argentina? You know, I got the inspiration from uh, Tony Robbins. And, you know, I've gained inspiration from, like, David Goggins, Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn. Um, uh, Eric Thomas, I don't know, those are some of the speakers that I've, you know, gained inspiration from. And Tony Robbins is like, just schedule the year, schedule the year out. Why do you want to be confused? Why do you want to just like, do you want to, how much do you want to grow this next year? So I tend to just try to schedule it a year out. So just two places that I've been to, well, two big ones. But how about you? So you told you went to Croatia. Have you seen any of the seven wonders? Again, we wander off topic. This time, my adventures. I'll spare you the details here too, but you can always visit at drcoriel.com and soak up my own life's adventures. So how do you manage to, first of all, what kind of doc are you? I'm a family doctor. What kind of practice are you managing and still able to travel? Right now, like even when I was you know, doing the 20 patients today, which I'll get back to now, I was still able to travel. Like I said, I would make the plans like a year before I would take the vacation time out. There's one point in time where I was going to every NBA final, well, just one game. So, you know, I had that already planned that vacation time planned the year before. So that's kind of, it. but what happened was in February, I resigned from my full-time job. And I said, forget this. I need to see how serious I am about transitioning my career to being a professional patient experience speaker and a physician burnout speaker. Let's see how serious I am. It took me about a year and I pulled the trigger in November of 2022 uh, from my friend's house in India. So I was like, forget this. I'm done. Let me just like, I, you never forget that moment where you're like, I'm resigning. Right. Totally. Wait, one second. Our conversation okay, gets delayed here by loud noises in the background. Okay. Gotcha. okay. Became, okay. So you're a coach, a physician burnout coach. I mean, it, coaching kind of found me, but my passion more is uh, patient experience speaking. And then I rap too. So I rap in the keynotes. That's I so rap cool. patient experience and I, and I have songs that are related to people who would 
um, you know, in the audience. So we have a song called Patient Experience, a song called Mind Hygiene. So when I put when I put those together, I was like, this is super rad. I was like, okay, nice. let's see if I can. And then I was just like, I'm just going to check out like 100%. I traveled by myself to Brazil and I was like, forget that I, you know, I resigned. It's not like, you know, like one full day away from Seattle. And then that's how I wound up going there. And then I worked at a prison. I wanted to test my compassion and empathy game. So I worked at a prison because my my mission is to is to empower burnt out healthcare providers with mindful and empathic techniques that lead to elevated patient experiences. So you don't feel like you're burnt out. And I felt if I can have those patient experiences, you know, without judgment, without resentment, with compassion, with empathy, like I was working as a prison doctor for six months. And I realized from there that this is what I want to do. And then after I left that job, which is a contract, I was on locum, which is the first time I ever did that because I was on full time for 12 years. And then what happens is I'm transitioning out of that. And then I'm blessed to be able to work with the practice where I can do mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy and bill for it. Billing is not a lot. And I get to do uh, EMDR, eye movement desensitization, along with a traditional heart and lungs, and they're giving me a virtual assistant. So with that said, I'll, and then also they're going to give me the ability to do what I call emotional freedom coaching and mind hygiene coaching. And it will be like a session of like eight people who want to, you know, are dedicated, who have like a growth beginner's mindset, who want to, you know, be the best version of themselves, you know, and so, yeah, so it's really interesting. I can't wait to see how this unfolds because I was not going to sign that, sign those, uh, uh, that dotted line again, you know, to be a full-time physician. Right. right. <laughs> but yeah, so because I'm pursuing patient experience speaking and, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a handful of keynotes coming up. What about you? Yeah. So, so, many docs in so your I'm an intern, right. So I'm an internist and I practiced for about 15 or so years before I stepped back to do this full time. Um, that happened about three years ago and the venture sort of evolved and has expanded into what is now a healthcare innovation hub. We're at doctors on social media.com and the goal is really to just promote autonomy for doctors in healthcare and to just change healthcare positively. And we do that through various ways. One of those ways is through a directory that's very easily accessible to the public and also very easily accessible to doctors, especially doctors with NPIs that practice in the US. The goal is just to really facilitate connections quickly like no other place is doing, um, not behind any walls, just really we verify the docs, they're doctors. And if you're interested in connecting with them, then you can, whether you're an event, whether you're a podcast or a business, a startup looking for advisors or you're a reporter, et cetera. So we do that. And then we have other directories that deal with um, other things doctors are doing on the side. So things like like what you do is coaches. We have a coaching directory and we have a speaker directory. We've got a books and a blog directory, podcast um, communities and courses. So we have all these directories where doctors get pages built for them, right? You, they don't need to know code, but the pages are built for them so that the public can sort of go on uh, whatever niche that they are interested in and can look through and find who they want to connect with. So that's one thing we do. And then another thing we do is a magazine. So another way to sort of amplify the doctors that are part of SoMeDocs, you know, mm -hmm. they write articles or they share the, you know, blog posts, and then we circulate it through our social media account. So 
we have 40,000 followers. And so we sort of share those followers with the docs that are um, sharing their content with us. So that's two of the things we do. We have a whole platform on docs, doctorsonsocialmedia.com where the doctor can log in and then get access to everything that they need. Um, and something we've done recently is just hopped on the phone with our members one by one to just understand their goals and then show them around the site based on that goal, because there's so much growing and so many tools that they sometimes just need a little guidance on our end to show them around. Here's a 30 second snippet from a recent onboarding consultation with orthopedist, Dr. Christian Bentley. Take out that URL, purchase the website um, that is going to be your building. And that's gonna be your uh, flagship store. To me, a website really is a crucial space for any professional that's looking to brand because you're going to literally own that website. And then even if LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook goes away tomorrow, right? You're right. not going to be lost. It's going to not only be there, but it's literally your online public portfolio. You're the one that's making all the rules. So that's that's the story. It's, it's a great thing that you're doing for... People who want to, I don't know if you want to say, like when I was burnt out, I mean, I was uh, drinking, I was on drugs, I was gambling, I was 60 pounds overweight. And when I got sober, I had, you know, people who worked with me are the ones who helped me get sober. Like the doctors that worked with me, they're the ones who helped me get sober. But still, nevertheless, I had put my head down. I resented myself. I judged myself. I hated myself. And my self-esteem and my confidence were even lower than they were before when I was overconfident, drinking and whatever. Um, And then what I realized was that I think that maybe with the story of sobriety, with the story of financial security, and more so emotional freedom, I can maybe help other people. And as I'm looking at LinkedIn, just over just like the last couple of months, I've seen, like I've talked to Michael, I talked to Michael Hirsch, and I've spoken to Jillian, well, just in an email, and I've talked to a few of the other people, and I, I went to a conference as well. I went to the patient symposium, and I have RISE conference coming up, and I'm going to Next Generation Patient Experience. And I was speaking at both of those. And as I'm talking to these people, I'm like, dang, like they've not maybe not been through the exact same thing, but we can empathize a lot easier than like talking to your other like doctor who like people who I've worked with, they're just constantly judging like their patients all the time. So I'm like, well, you know, I got tired of it to a point where I'm just going to try to find a solution. I come up with a solution called mind hygiene, you know, and that's what I speak about. And with that said, your platform, I think can help a lot of people feel that camaraderie and that fellowship. Yeah. And then everything else I think will follow, especially when the purpose I call MVP mission, vision, purpose, when your mission, vision, and purpose are aligned and other people are searching for answers and trying to do the same thing. It's such a, it's a, it's, it's an environment that you know, this is like my new high now. Mindfulness is the best drug on earth. Let me tell you something. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I think that that admission on your end is just so empowering. I think that that vulnerability is going to really um, help to form a connection with the audience that you're going to grow. And I think that again, whether or not you become part of SomiDocs is going to make a difference um, in, you know, this is going to make a difference in 
uh, the way that people look at docs, because nowadays we are becoming more vulnerable and we're putting ourselves out there and we're doing things we never really used to do. So I love that. Yeah. And I think LinkedIn is a great platform. I use it all the time. I think it's great to also use just different platforms depending on your needs and the ways that that platform works. So yeah, I think networking is also something that we haven't been doing until now. And so it really um, is of importance for me uh, and for me running SoMeDocs that I facilitate networking, not just between me and the members and the people that convert into members, but also amongst the members and amongst doctors that live today. So I'm excited and um, I'm excited for what you're going to bring to the table in terms of what the brand that you're building and everyone else and how we can then mesh together and create projects that are even more explosively powerful, you know? Yeah, definitely. And when you have like people like you who are like, I'm like, okay, so you've already done this. Like, let me follow you. Let me inspire from you because you've right. taken time out of your life totally. to dedicate yourself to this already. Yeah. yeah. With your journey, where are you from? And like you, you uh, went to, you know, you did med school and internal medicine and, and then did yeah. you, are you still seeing patients? Like we're. No, no, we, so we're, so I'm a dual physician household. My husband does still see patients. Um, I don't, he works full time. I, I don't, I stepped away from clinical. Um, actually funny story is that when I did, I sort of announced it online in my blog. So first of all, that's the great thing about having a blog today is you can sort of make that announcement and people know from there. And that's not necessarily from me, but for when someone like changes jobs, right? The hospital systems today will do whatever they can in their power to not let their patients know that you've changed because they don't want the patients following you. But mm -hmm. the good part about being accessible online is that your patients can just literally Google you and find out where you're, where you're practicing now. So, um, so no, I left clinical medicine. Um, I felt like the healthcare system was broken and especially as a primary care doctor, it just did not work for me. So, um, SOMEDOCS was already gaining traction. Otherwise I would have looked more seriously into starting my own private practice. I actually met with, um, got on the phone with like direct primary care specialists and I was going to pursue that, but SOMEDOCS had so much traction and I had so much vision. And I also am just a very creative person with a wild imagination. And I was like, I'm going to do this full time and let's take the startup and see where it goes. And it's, you know, going really well. And so I'm doing it full time. I love it. I'm now working on my own brand kind of on non-medical things like exploring life and food and fashion and things that have nothing to do with medicine. And so I'm happy. And you and I both know that being happy is all that life's about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, when I, I've simplified it into something called, uh, you know, uh, self, self yourself with mind hygiene. And that self-sympathy or self-compassion, self-empathy, you know, those are two ways where you just don't communicate with yourself with the judgment and resentment. And then self-love, I think truly self-love, and this is just my opinion, is that when I believe in my limitations and I harness those to my advantage, that's when I began to love myself. Right. And when I wrote down everything I was doing in 24 hours, I wrote minute for minute what I was doing in 24 hours, like years ago. And I was like, that's it. That's, I don't love myself. So let me see if I can find the power in this. And then F would be forgiveness. And, you know, when you forgive yourself, then you're able to empathize with others a lot easier. And that's where, you know, the clouds of emotional freedom are the years. Yeah. It's very hard to be upset then. 
Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. That's great. And before we turn the recording off, what's the name of that beautiful cat that just walked into the Oh my God. He is so cute. Yeah. Let's see him. His name is Ajay. I named him after my brother died of meth and alcohol. Um, So I feel like he, he's born again. He's so cute. Look at my, he's so cute. cute. Oh, wow. He smells so good too. He smells like- What kind of cat is that? He's a, he's a Garfield. He's a Persian cat. Wow, so beautiful. He's so cute. And he has just the best personality you can ever imagine. Like if you were to come over, Donna, he would come and put his hands, his like two paws on you and start, he'd start talking to you and saying whatever. Well, I would have to love him from afar because I'm allergic to cats, but (laughs) But they are very cute. Um, Wow, I'm so sorry about your brother, by the way. Yeah. Now, some of those things are what's led me. My mom was institutionalized for 27 years with schizophrenia. So some of those things, I'm just like, I'm done. Like, what am I going to do now? You know, I'm just not going to hide. After my mom passed away, I'm like, that's it. Like, there's something else more to this life than just like working nine to five, getting paid, you know, uh, making sure that your 403B is stacked, uh, making sure you get. Yeah. So but if it wasn't for some of those life events, I probably would have just probably been working still. I'm not I was say thinking that I was thinking that those are the kind of life events that really push you to like, you know, do more and maybe self-explore. I mean, I, I really feel like most of us that are doing things that are a little bit out of the box or innovative have had things I'm leaving it nebulous on purpose, but things that have happened to us. So that's, that's super interesting. But again, I'm so sorry that that, you know, happened, but you sound super positive and optimistic. And I really love that. You're clearly like a half glass full kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a different reality or what people call reframing. I just see it as a different reality. Like I just accept things for what they are. And I try not to fix emotions, overcome thoughts. I don't definitely find coping strategies. I definitely don't try to control my mind and I don't block anything out and I don't try to be strong because when I'm not those things, I just develop resentment. And then when I resent myself, I start engaging in things I don't want to eating like sugar was even worse than anything that I've ever done. It's so bad. The cravings would be like for an hour and a half, you know, with sugar. So some of those things, when I, when I was able to established that I don't want to fix, overcome, or deal with my mind, it just became a lot easier. And radical acceptance is um, a learned and earned. <laughs> so yeah. Before we go also, can you quickly do an, a sample rap? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, let's see if you can. Mm, okay, let's do this. And I'm going to do this in my keynote in NGPX. So I'll just practice this. Okay. Uh, uh, when I say mind hygiene, you say that's the goal. Okay. Mind hygiene. That's, that's the goal. goal. Mind hygiene, that's the, that's goal. the goal. Speak your heart with empathy aloud. Speak your heart and don't let your patient down. Mind hygiene with empathy around emotionally. Free in the cloud, don't judge yourself. Always in doubt, this is how your doctors burn out. Mind hygiene is something like a crown. Crown yourself, don't let yourself down. Has there ever been a time you judge yourself? Try to let go, but nothing helps. Waking, drug stain, money drain, sleep pain. Feels like you don't even love yourself. Well, I've been that low. Let me let you know. Dr. Guler, man, I learned to grow with mind hygiene. I'll be a keynote. And the patients will give you 95% scope. <laughs> I love it. That is so, <laughs> it's so fun. It's so yeah. fun doing this thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it. you doing the fashion, you know? Yes. I totally yeah. agree. And I, I honestly believe that it adds to you and it, it, it just entices an audience. And again, I think that that's the kind of thing that, that attracts patients and will make them 
kind of connect with us more. So I love it. Kudos to you. That was great, first of all. So yeah, thank you. Amazing. Yeah. With the beats, it sounds a little bit different. But you know, I'm sure when you when you get into fashion and when you get into what else are you working through, Donna? You're working through fashion. Food, especially food, food more than fashion, right? Well, you take these little things like a teaspoon and you're like it. And then you wipe it off of that. Do you do that? Like when, especially when you're baking, you got to be perfect when you're oh, baking. Oh yeah, the baking. Wipe yes. it off. You got to wipe it off. You got to make sure it's only this much, a quarter right. cup. And you know, it's the same thing with wrap. You know, has there ever been a time you judge yourself? You know, so it's like that. That takes so long, but that's the that's the best part about it, is that I just focus on a syllable at a time, okay. and so it's cool. It's just a neat day. We're nearing the end of our conversation, so I thought it would be really fun if we got to hear Druva rapping with all of the bells and whistles to it. So here we go. I'm excited for you in your future and let me know how it goes in the uh, keynote for sure. Yeah. And you know, I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'm watching you guys, you know, and I am really inspired. So I'll be in touch with you. There's a whole group of us behind the scenes. So absolutely. There's a lot yeah. of cool people to connect with. So yeah. 